1: with Miss Sally Saxon on Tuesday, August fifteenth, twenty twenty three, at two forty eight PM Eastern Time. Miss Saxon has been on here twice before, I think. No. Maybe three three. three. Talked about the book, COVID nineteen vaccines and beyond. And then we did synthetic biology. And then from there, synthetic Biology, we did which was kind of a part two to synthetic biology with spiritual warfare. And this is gonna be kind of an extension of part part one and part two. Um and from our last show, I actually I told you I was gonna put the quote my my desktop computer is very minimalist. It's mm. folder for podcasts, and then I think it's my logo to be able to upload. And yeah. then I have uh I have one of I have a quote from your last uh slideshow. One of God's many promises, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived are the things that God has prepared for those who love him. So that and then I got another one from another friend. Do not store up do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal for your treasure is for where your treasure is there uh there your heart will also be. It is a it is a it is a perhaps one of the greatest compliments I can give for for a a quote to be on my my OCD clean desktop background. It is that is that is primo real estate in my mind. So for whatever it's worth, <laughs> you have are you're, you're you're one of two quotes that have been on there. So with that, Miss Sally Saxon, please introduce yourself and uh, maybe give everyone a kind of a a preview of, of where we're going with this while I post the live link
0: okay well thank you so much tommy i uh, appreciate the opportunity again and and i feel very honored and privileged to be uh on your your uh, desktop screen all right yeah uh, that's a great compliment so uh yeah my name is sally saxon and i'm a retired attorney uh and an author uh and speaker and the book that I wrote that started this all off with Tommy was the book called uh, The COVID-19 Vaccines and Beyond, What the Medical Industrial Complex is Not Telling Us. And I wrote this with um, Dr. Jim Thorpe, uh, whom many of you know, the OBGYN maternal fetal specialist, and Dr. Deb Diglione. And so we put this uh, together uh, to kind of focus on, you know, the What's wrong with the vaccines? Was a vaccine even necessary in the first place? And, and where this was all leading, you know, the big picture that all things COVID fit into. And so from there, uh, as Tommy was mentioning, we, we went into uh, transhumanism and synthetic biology, which raises the issue of, of the spiritual war that's at the root of not just all things COVID, but also uh, the entire globalist agenda and covid's just a, a piece a, a big piece important piece uh of that bigger agenda uh where we we took a, another quantum leap into the into 1984 and uh and beyond uh and so from there uh we got more into spiritual spiritual warfare uh well, some people maybe not be familiar with that term but when you're dealing with a war uh like this where you've got a group of globalist elites who are doing all kinds of things to gain power and control uh, and 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 as much money as they can and you know killing off people there's a lot of issues that are raised that just don't make sense so you wonder what is behind all this why are they doing this you know why you know what's behind all the evil you know because a lot of people uh who you know, comment on this issue of, you know, when they're looking at the whole uh, COVID situation and and realizing that, oh my gosh, you know, it's not just about greed and it's not about mismanagement or mistakes or anything like that. This is intentional harm that's being inflicted. There's this campaign to inflict intentional harm and even death. And why would people do that? And that's where the, the evil part comes from but i'm going beyond that and asking well what's behind the evil you know why is it that evil so in the last uh last time we were together several weeks ago spiritual warfare part one uh, we we're talking about uh, the ultimate end game that uh okay being a spiritual war you have god the creator god uh, of the bible and you've got a devil, you know, known as Satan, Lucifer, whatever name you want to call him, the devil, and he's a created being. So you've got a created being uh, who's evil in nature, going trying to go against a creator God. So it's not two gods, you know, going against each other. It's a creator against a created being, and so what the ultimate end game uh, that we talked about started getting into through the synthetic. Uh, biology was that okay the devil's trying to change what it means to be human even trying to change our DNA trying to uh, create more synthetic life forms and you know changing humans you know from all human uh, who were and we were made in the likeness and image of God and we were the only creatures God made in his own image and so our DNA uh, reflects that. Uh, and so if Satan can come in, because his, his desire is to steal, kill, destroy, and to corrupt, pervert, destroy uh, all of God's creation. And so he can do that in many ways. And one of the ways he does it with humans is, like we've been seeing, You know through the transhumanism synthetic biology is trying to change the very essence of what it means to be human and changing the DNA and creating hybrid species you know starting with that where you're part human part machine kind of humanoid well you know something where you're not totally human and then ultimately where you know, like you all know, a Harari often talks about why do we need so many humans that, anyway? You know, ninety nine percent of them are just useless.
1: I that guy is that guy makes my skin crawl.
0: Yeah, and uh yeah, when you read some of the and or listen to some of his statements, it, it to the average person, there what he says, what he believes, it's really quite unimaginable. You know, things that you know, the the most most of the people in the world would never even think of. Um, but so but that way of thinking is kind of what sets the globalist elites and those who work for them uh, apart from the rest of humanity. You know, they think very differently. And the reason for that is because okay, in this spiritual war, um, There are various similarities between God and the devil, Mm -hmm. but they're very different in nature. But one similarity is they're both spirit beings, Mm -hmm. but God is good. He's all good. And the devil is evil. He seeks to steal, kill, destroy, you know, whatever he can do that is against what God has created. And so, uh, you know, the devil works in a lot of different ways and he works primarily through deception uh you know because he's like known as the father of lies and when you look at what happened in the last few years alone we see massive deception that led to great fear that then led to some very bad decisions on the part of people to give into their fears and be led by their fears rather than taking a look and listening like to some of your podcasts and other guests you've had, you know, or reading a book like ours uh, that shows you a very different perspective of the whole COVID situation and what the vaccines were all about. Uh, And so, you know, when you, when you've got, um, so he's working through deception, but he also is one other similarity is, both God and the devil seek to fill human beings with their own spirit. So obviously there's a huge difference, you know, God being filled with God's Holy Spirit, you know, which, you know, the fruit of that is love, joy, peace, you know, goodness, kindness, long suffering, you know, all those self-control versus being filled with the spirit of the devil or being significantly influenced by you know you know demonic spirits what, uh, sorry then you're talking sorry to
1: interrupt one of the things you said about God sorry what was it long suffering
0: long suffering what is yeah that? long suffering means you have a high tolerance for, and impatience to put up with you delayed know, gratification. That's not good pardon me
1: delayed gratification
0: um well it could be that's related uh, to that but for example
1: Perseverance.
0: Sin is rampant in the world. God hates sin, but he tolerates it. Why does God not just come down and and do what he did in the days of Noah and just wipe everyone off the earth except, you know, one man and his family, you know, totaling eight people altogether? You know, why doesn't he intervene in a lot of different situations? And and part of that is because he free will. he is willing to suffer long for a greater good. Gotcha. He's always got an ultimate purpose behind, you know, letting certain things happen. And you know that's a whole it's, other discussion of it's,
1: it's your parents, it's your parents being loving and patient with you as you are a a teenager. As much as your dad might want to punch you in the face or your mom might want to smack <laughs> you, they're trying to remember. I was once 15 and thought I was in love and thought I knew everything. It's long. <laughs> and they let, and then when it's all over and you look back 10 years later and you go, thanks mom and dad. And they go, don't worry about it. Long. <laughs> gotcha. All right. I, I hadn't heard that before. Long suffering. I like that. Sorry. So yeah. God fills you with that. And you said the devil fills you with, sorry.
0: Yeah. Like hate, uh, you know, division, you know, doubt, unbelief. um, i mean all just all the neg- fear well also intimidation
1: the devil's not just he doesn't just come in with the scary stuff it also it's also masqueraded as lust envy it, it, it's oh, yeah. also it's not all it's not all the stick some of it's the carrot some of it's seduction and that's why oh. it's it's easy it's easy for you and i to look at evil and hatred and dominion over others we go, i don't want that but what about envy what about sexual yeah. attraction? What about exactly. uh gluttony? What about sloth? Those aren't those aren't scary. You go, "Ooh, that's not a Big Mac, a hot tub, sex, cheating on your spouse." Ooh, that yeah. that's not that's not scary. That's something you have to actively go, "No, no, no." You got to be strong.
0: Yeah, but where it leads to might get a little <laughs> Oh, well scary. no, th-
1: well that's that's evil. Yeah, well well that's the whole point. Is it it's the mouse trap. It's, you know, the cheese is free and you come in and you get killed by it sorry i'll I'll stop interrupting i'll I'll shut up
0: yeah no and and that's the whole point so you know the devil's trying to fill us with his spirit or to influence us from the outside as much as possible and i think i said in one of the other sessions that we're all influenced by demonic spirits in one form or another you know whether it's conflict uh division uh or you mentioned um uh, jealousy, envy, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, but when we have the spirit of the living God inside us, uh, we have the power to overcome, you know, these other things that are not good for us. And mm-hmm. and one point I made before was that, uh, well, two fundamental questions that we face, you know, in, in my opinion. One is, is the Bible what it claims to be? or isn't it, because if it isn't, it doesn't matter what you do with it. Uh, But if it is, it has, uh, it's very life-changing. It has uh, eternal consequences, as well as consequences for uh, right here and now, uh, as well as providing a path for you to have the best life possible now. Um, The second question, fundamental question is, uh, you know, who, you know, is Jesus? Who he really claimed to be you know or not because if he's not then it doesn't matter how you respond to him either Uh, but if he is it makes a huge difference both here and for eternity so those are kind of two fundamental questions that each person needs to ask because it'll affect your worldview it'll affect really your everyday decisions uh, because the bible is so rich in wisdom and uh, Direction uh, gives a lot of examples of how God works and his different ways.
1: Could you, re- could you think... repeat those two fundamental questions?
0: Okay, yeah. One is, is the Bible what it uh, purports to be, what it claims to be, which is the Word, the word of, of God. God. Okay. So written by the hand of man, but all inspired by God's Holy Spirit as to what to say. Otherwise, how would they have known what to write in some cases some of the books are historical, so you know that's uh, you know a different kind of thing but um, yeah so number one was is the Bible what it uh, claims to be and number two is Jesus who he claims to be and um, so for for right now, so we're looking at uh, you know in spirit about spiritual warfare, how do we protect ourselves and against this globalist agenda you know when they're seeking to you know not only uh make us sick uh but even to to kill people uh you know one way or another either slowly through different diseases or just kind of outright uh which they've done over many decades through wars and all kinds of other you know the terrorist attacks and different things um so how do we protect ourselves and our families on one level? You know how do we protect our community and our nation on another level? Uh, you know, but for right now, I think we're focused on okay protecting ourselves. And last time we talked about there's there's weapons of offense, weapons of defense, but God's spiritual weapons are not like you know that we know. And, and one important principle is that. You know, the natural mind cannot uh, discern, you know, uh, the things of God because they're spiritually discerned is what the Bible says. So because of original sin, which goes back to Adam and Eve in the garden, you know, we all, our, our spirit is dead. So when they, when Adam and Eve were deceived, what happened was their spirit died. It had been alive. To things of God, and they were able to communicate freely with God, and everything was all good until they they disobeyed God because they were deceived. And that sort of killed the spirit, and everyone after them, you know, were born with a spirit that's not alive to God yet. You know, we we're alive in our physical body, but our spirit's not alive. That's why we need to, they say, you know, be born. Our spirit needs to be born again. And uh, when you come alive to God and that Holy Spirit sort of regenerates within you, it's like your life starts changing. You know, and it's a very exciting experience. But everybody's experience is very different with that. Some have very dramatic conversion experiences where just, you know, suddenly, uh, you know, they... You know they were this kind of person maybe uh they were even an addict of of one kind or another and then suddenly they they found the lord they you know uh they repented of their sin they asked for forgiveness and entered into this personal relationship with god and next thing you know they have no longer have the desire or the addiction they had there are lots of testimonies about that i mean god that's the power of God to change people even in an instant, you know, from the inside out. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, where can change your life in other ways? Somebody might go from being a, you know, a hater and a divider, somebody always stirring things up and, and causing a lot of trouble for other people. And then suddenly they're transformed. Like one of the, the most, um, significant examples in the bible is uh saul on the road to Dism- damascus but he was a persecutor of of uh you know the early uh, the early believers in jesus and he was killing them he was killing the early christians and because he thought they were misinformation spreaders you know of that era uh and yet what happened to him was he was on a road to damascus on his way to murder some others and it's like jesus came down and and just grabbed hold of him or the holy spirit you know got him and he was transformed he was blinded and kind of went through a process of transformation when he came you know he was given certain instructions and the to make a longer story short he ended up regaining his sight but he was transformed the inside out he realized, because he had a personal encounter with the Lord that totally changed him. And he went from being one of the greatest persecutors of the early uh, Christian believers to one of the greatest proponents and wrote many of the, the letters uh, that we know as the New Testament. And, uh, you know, God just did such an incredible transformation in him. And so that that's one of the things he can do in in all of us. Uh, but um, we were so we we're talking about you know how to protect ourselves. And so this has to do with coming under the umbrella of God's protection. You know, what does God offer us and you know that that we need that is able to protect us. and and uh, so we went over you know, some of those things the other day. Um, we talked about um, you know the weapons of our warfare. Uh, we talked about some of the things like um, oh, and defensive weapons like the armor of God. There is a uh, you know, they call it the armor of God. You know, every day put on the armor of God, and which includes um, faith, you know, truth, um, salvation, you know, the Word of God, which they also call the sword of the Spirit. You know, a sword can be used defensively and offensively, and so it's a very powerful weapon. But you'll see all these weapons are are just not like guns and bombs and tanks and those kinds of things. You know, they're very different. We talked about uh, forgiveness, which is a huge uh, spiritual weapon, um, repentance, praise and worship, prayer, uh, righteousness, just being in right standing with God. and and doing you know things according to his way because it's not it's not like god's trying to restrict us or limit us you know from having the best life possible and things that we enjoy it's just the opposite uh you remember that the people who lied to us about all things covid also lied to us about all things god they've been doing this for decades centuries even centuries and so People get a certain idea of, you know, who God is or that he's this mean God who just wants to deprive us of good things or, you know, things we want. But in fact, it's just the opposite. And, you know, when you talk to people who have a a very kind of intimate, you know, relationship with the living God, you will find the most joyful people, the most peaceful people the most less stressed out people you know, that, that there are, and the kindest, the most unconditionally loving people. Uh, that unfortunately, um, a lot of Christians you know, have not been the best representatives of the character of God, the nature of God. And so a lot of people have had bad experiences in churches and have kind of turned away and that's really unfortunate. Uh, but right now, you know, as we're seeing the globalists trying to desperately uh, implement their Great Reset, got his, his Great Reset, which is often called the Great Awakening. But the Great Awakening has two different legs to it. You know, one, one part is just waking people up to what's going on in the natural world, like with the globalist agenda. And the other part is the spiritual awakening, where God is drawing people back to him. And, you know, just as much as the globalists have these grand plans for what they want to do with uh, the rest of us and how they want to control our lives, uh, God has his grand plan. And you know, a lot of us are feeling a little bit impatient. You know, with why hasn't you know God done something more to intervene? And there's the long suffering again, Tommy. Um, but uh, but you just wait. There, there's some big things I think that are going to happen. I can't say specifically what because I don't know specifically what. There, but I think. Don't you sense kind of a. That something is building and accelerating and things are kind of coming to a boiling point.
1: There's a there's an abstract rising pressure that I think. Everyone kind of feel. I mean, people, always you can go back to any point in history and you always find people saying, oh, we're at the end of days, it's but and it's also I'm like, maybe I'm just maybe this is, you know, maybe I'm just not a kid anymore, but. I'm I'm in a unique position to talk to people from all walks of life, all ages, all sexes, all races, all continents, just through this podcast. And yeah, I'd say pretty universal. People are going, this is unlike anything I've seen them. Be them ninety four, be them eighteen. They're going, something's something's coming to a a crescendo. We're coming to an apex.
0: Right. And, and this is another reason for uh, understanding the Bible, what the Bible says, um, because, uh, and again, before I had explained sort of the, the way I came to believe that, yes, uh, even though I had a lot of questions at the beginning, and I was we like, why should I believe this book, the Bible? Uh, you know, but then when I did research, I did extensive research of my own, but also had some others... Who had done even more extensive research from original sources and other places uh who were able they in fact some of them started out uh with the intent to disprove the bible but they ended up coming to just the opposite conclusion because when they did their research that was the only conclusion they could come to mm. and so those are real powerful you know testimonies as well but uh you know it's it's a living. It's a living word. You know, words. Words are life. The words in that book are life because it says they're the, they're spirit. Even the words themselves are spirit. And if you get it, if you're like somebody who likes um, the codes, the Bible codes, where you find different kinds of e- equidistant letter sequences and things like that that help to prove that. Okay, this book is sort of one way you could describe it is. It's of supernatural origin because no human being, especially without computers back in the day, could possibly have written this book, like in the original language, this is like a Hebrew in the Old Testament. No human being could have possibly done this and written these things in this way uh, unless it was directed by a higher power. So that gets into some really fascinating stuff that, that just proves the Bible. But uh, when you were just referring to the end times, you know that that's another uh, fascinating topic of like, okay, well, what does the Bible have to say about this? Now, remember, that book was written at least a couple thousand years ago. Parts of it written much longer ago than that. Uh, but even the newest parts were a couple thousand years ago. So how could they have predicted so... Um, uh, you know, so clearly uh, that what was going to happen, you know, in the last days. Mm-hmm. And are we in the last days? And uh, when you look at some of the things it talks about, you know, for example, uh, you know, in the Book of Revelation, where it talks about, uh, well, there being a one-world government, um, and and also that. You could not buy; nobody could buy or sell without a certain mark. They call it the mark of the beast. So, you know, that's a fascinating thing. And people were concerned about: Well, is the COVID vaccine a mark of the beast? Mm. Like, mm. Yeah. you know, and that now you're hearing, you know, you've heard so much for actually a while now about people with microchips, you know, in their hands and and things. Uh, And you have to be very, very careful about stuff like that, uh, because and to be aware of okay, well, what does the Bible say about the end times, and how do we know where we're at on God's timeline? And um, that's that's a whole fascinating subject for another time, by itself. But you know, the globalists have their agenda 2030. Well, if you start looking into the significance of that year, according to God's timeline, it becomes very interesting. And uh, because God works in patterns and and he has certain time periods that he works in. And, you know, you see that throughout the Bible. And so when you know what those are, it's kind of a marker, you know, for what to expect, like talks about. A day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is like a day. Well, okay. Huh. And he talks a lot about the third day. Well, how many years has it been since hmm. since Jesus was crucified?
1: Yeah, first thousand, second thousand. So are we in the third thousand?
0: Yeah, yeah. And so that gets into some really fascinating things. So it's really important, I think, for people to to understand some of these things because it gives you a different sort of sense of urgency about your life and your priorities and what's important and how how to prepare and the the spiritual preparation is one of the very most important because it has such eternal consequences but also has such power for making a difference in our lives now um there, and you know we we didn't get through last time all the different uh spiritual weapons Uh, And there are even more than these. I I was just giving some some of the most um, obvious and significant ones. But even things like gratitude and thanksgiving is like a a powerful spiritual uh, uh, weapon, like especially for people who are, you know, suffering sort of lack and they're having some financial struggles. You, it's almost like you can give your way out of it in a sense, but there are certain principles of giving, you know, sowing and reaping, um, and multiplication, you know, it's like when you give something, you may get that back in multiplied, you know, form. And, uh, and, and, and that's kind of a, a general principle. It's not that applies to anybody who, um, you know, who follows that or, um, that, that gratitude is so important because it it just sort of, gratitude and thanksgiving sort of release more of the grace of God and the provision of God because if if we're not grateful for what we have even though it, it might be you know relatively little compared with other people why should God give us more you know you're not even grateful for what you have you know and we in America have so much more than you know, most of the people in the world, uh, certainly more than billions of other people. And and so that spirit of gratitude is like, just think of it in relationships that you have, you know, Tommy, when uh, somebody, you do something for somebody and they, they express their gratitude, you know, for it, like maybe a friend needed a loan or you gave him a hundred bucks or something to help them out of a sticky situation. And they didn't say thank you. So the next time they need something and they come to you, how likely is it that you're going to be to give them something more?
1: Hmm. Take a point.
0: Yeah, you know, probably not. So um, when we think about like, all the good things that we've gotten from God that we, we aren't even aware of, that we don't even attribute to him, you know, we think, oh, well, I got this by my hard work. Well, who enabled you to do that? Who gave you the intelligence? Yeah, you maybe had to study and and work and learn a lot of things to do what you do. But who gave you your brain? Who gave you your heart? Who gave you the arms and legs, the mind and and voice and ears and eyes to be able to do that? I mean, I I regularly even am grateful for my bed, you know, for sleep for running water, I mean, for just basic things that we take for granted. So the what I'm saying is the a lot of people have the practice of, of gratitude and thanksgiving and, you know, toward God, thanking God, you know, because he's the source of all good things. And then another powerful thing is um, decrees and declarations, uh, you know, things that we can speak um especially things like they're based on the Bible and declarations. Like, for example, when we're speaking what God has said, and I'll give one example that fits into this whole issue of protecting ourselves, is one of the the common uh, scriptures that we hear quoted so often in this context is uh, from the book of Isaiah in the Old Testament, which says, you know, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Or in another translation, uh, you know, no weapon turned against you will succeed. You will silence every voice raised up to accuse you. These benefits are enjoyed by the servants of the Lord. Well, okay. So when you really believe that no weapon can be, for, you know, be formed against you can prosper, and you keep declaring that, you know, it's like other things that. Um, Some of the self-improvement teachers talk about, you know, affirmations and declarations, you know, of what you want, who you are, you know, your identity, things that speak to that, you know, the person that you hope to become. So these decrees and declarations can be extremely powerful, like especially when we're standing on the word of God and saying, you know, you know, God, your word says, you know, I am more than a conqueror. Your word says yeah you, know, you are my protector. You are my shield and and so forth and so on. so there's there's a lot of scriptures, you know in the in the Bible that you know tell us about God's uh, provision and his protection. And so when we speak those out, when we it's like knowing what your rights and your and what you're entitled to, under the law. you know, if you don't know what your rights are, you're not going to stand up for them. You'll just let whatever happens to you happen, and then that's not so good. Hmm. And then, you you know, you you suffer the consequences of, say, the globalist agenda because you didn't stand up for your rights and, and fight. And it's the same thing with the spiritual warfare, you know, knowing, well, what are the, the rights and the benefits that God has given us? And one big th- thing is authority. Yeah. When you think about authority, for example, a policeman or a law enforcement person has authority, and they can stand, say, in the middle of a busy traffic intersection, hold up their hand to stop the traffic, to direct the traffic. It's not that they have the physical power to stop those cars, but the cars stop because of the person's authority that they have. And this is one of the big problems that even most Christians do not understand the authority that we have. But a scripture in the New Testament makes it very clear where it says, you know, um, uh, Jesus says, I have given you authority to overcome all power of the enemy. Hmm. I mean, that's that's where it covers it. We have authority. Well, what does that mean then? And how do we exercise our authority in a way that that has the desired impact? you know, of protecting us or of being able to avail ourselves of all the blessings and benefits and promises of God. You know, how how do how can we exercise that authority, you know, that, that we had? And um, so that's a that's a huge thing. Um, but again it only comes if you have that personal relationship with, with Christ. Otherwise it's not available you know, to you. And so that's why our, you know, when we think about, you know, the Bible and Christ, we're talking, we're not talking about religion. You know, I think one way to put it is God hates religion, but he loves personal relationship with him. Hmm. And that's what it's about. And that's where, you know, you get, um, you really are able to avail yourselves of the greatest promises of God. And the protection the provision you know all the the wisdom the revelation the understanding you know all those those things that we need um you know especially when we have to make big decisions about something it's like oh my gosh uh i don't know what to do you know but just taking that time out to spend with our best friend holy spirit who wants to reveal the answer to us well what is the best decision here. And often, and this is a a very important principle too, very often, maybe most often, uh, God's ways are so much higher than our ways that his ways uh, seem just the opposite of what we should do. And I gave the example last time, I remember, um, because it's one of the best examples that's often quoted from the Bible um, from Second Chronicles 20, where the children of Israel were surrounded by three enemy armies, and the king didn't know what to do, because they were outnumbered. You know, what do we do? What do we do? And so the word of God came forth that, send out the praisers first. Like, that sounds so ridiculous in the natural. Like, what? Are you kidding? What could that hope to accomplish? But God says, no, send out people who will just lift up praises, you know, to me. And, you know, ahead of the army. Well, so that's what they did, because it was a clear, clear word of the Lord as to, you know, how to proceed. And the, his, God's strategies for dealing with the children of Israel being surrounded by all these enemy armies who outnumbered them and lo and behold what happened because they did that and they followed god's strategy which made no sense in the natural the enemy the enemy armies ended up killing each other off and leaving so much spoil for the children of israel to collect that it took them three days to gather it all up hmm. you know, how could you have asked for a better result yeah but how did it come about so this is one of the the challenges of you know of, of walking with God is you know discerning his strategies for you know what to do and, in different situations and his wisdom because so often his ways just and his direction seem just counterintuitive, just yeah. opposite of what you know we think should be done in the natural, and also another important point is that um he uses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise and the weak things of the world you know to shame the strong so you know god may choose the least likely candidates to do something and uh and we wonder and and you could put maybe donald trump in that category you know that that's a another interesting point um in fact, in, in my Globalists on Trial book, which I'm still working on the updated edition of, um, I have a section on there about the, the prophecies about Donald Trump long before he became president, before he even announced he was running and, and yet was prophesied by him about him. And yet people, you know, saw it, so many people see him as just kind of just a foolish person who should never be president. Well, you know, we can never discount what God will do in a person's life or how he will use them for his purposes, even though they may be very unlikely candidates. Just like David, before he became king, you know, in the Old Testament, killed Goliath with a slingshot. Now, Goliath was about nine feet tall. David was probably five feet tall. And he had five stones and a slingshot. But he only needed one. And he was able to kill Goliath. How how did that happen? That, that does not seem like a winning combination, yeah. you know, to defeat the giants. Uh, and yet, you know, it's the strategies of God. He, he uses you know, like unlikely candidates. So when we're assessing different situations, for example, whether it's in the political realm with elections and so forth, uh, you know, we have to be careful not to just let our natural mind make these decisions, but to discern, well, what is God saying about, who's God's choice here? Because it could be somebody very unlikely, or he goes about doing things in very unlikely ways that just don't seem to make any sense at all in the natural. Uh, and yet those are those are God's ways. And um, there are a lot of um, uh, other scripture verses in the Bible that, that talk about God's protection over us. And one is the whole chapter of Psalm 19. And a, a lot, if you go through that, you know, you just see is talking about how God's protecting us. And when we, we, you know, we all need hope, especially after these last few years, so many people are, are without hope. And we look at what's going on in the natural realm, and it, it sure seems like the devil is winning, yeah. you know, and we keep getting beat up and beat up with one thing or another. Now they've got this new, um, you know this new uh strain uh, virus and oh you know everybody needs to start wearing masks again or whatever and you know there's just so much you know coming at us and so we need you know we we all need you know hope because it looks like things are accelerating as well as going downhill you know really fast to begin with but they're Uh, accelerating and we keep hearing you know uh, about what's the new development they're trying to do you know is it the digital currencies that and taking control over our finances so that we you know if if we are on their their list of people they don't like you know they could you know cut off our our funds access to our own funds I mean there's all kinds of fears and things that come into play you know so learning to stand you know, on on God's word, how to use God's word as that sword, both to the on a in a defensive way, as well as in an offensive way. Um, like for example, when uh, after Jesus was baptized, you know, he was taken out into the wilderness, and he had three specific temptations from the devil. Hey, you know, like if you're really you know, son, you know, son of God, you can do this, or you can do that. And and Jesus came back to him each time, quoting a scripture. So it was like he was using that, that sword, the word of God to defeat the devil. And uh, it says, you know, the Bible also talks about drawing near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Okay, so how do we do that? Draw near to God, resist the devil, and he will flee, so that you know that that's a, there are just so many principles and uh, like that in scriptures. You know that as we really take them in and and fill our own spirit up with you know these life giving words. It's not just words or stories uh, in the Bible. It's if there's their life, and they help to us to have real life to have a to enjoy the more abundant life that God wanted us to have in the first place. Hmm. So if we, if we weren't faced with all these attempts of, uh, you know, the devil to, you know, uh, divide us, to rob us, uh, to destroy every, every good thing that God has given us or that God wants to do. You know, so we, we need that protection and we need, you know, the direction. and uh, We need the promises that God has. I mean, it's our strength. It's our rock. And, you know, these are not crutches for people who are not capable in any way. I mean, you will find some of the strongest believers in very high positions of leadership uh, in many different areas, very intelligent people. You know, it's not just for people who can't do anything for themselves so they need a crutch it's not that at all it's and 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 there's a topic for another day too uh which i was going to mention um but okay we know what we're fighting against we're fighting against this enemy who steals kills destroys he lies he works by deception uh he's trying to you know do everything he can to hinder us from enjoying all the promises and blessings of God. And, and so we know what he's trying to do, but what is God's ultimate end game? You know, what is God's ultimate end game? it's not just for people to make it to heaven. Uh, You know, it's more than that. And even for, you know, life here on earth, as well as, you know, later. And so, uh, for example, I'll just give you a little taste of that um okay what are the reasons that god created mankind you know that's that's a big subject
1: to create something with free will uh if you can if you're god and you can do everything and you've done everything i suppose the final thing to do would be to create something that wasn't under your control that's the only way you'd ever be able to surprise yourself
0: yeah uh it, one answer to this is uh this could be like a teaser for another time sure but uh and actually one of the the ministers in the uh network of churches that i'm affiliated with in the church i go to he's written a book on this topic which is really excellent it's called who am i and why am i here it's by dr bill hammond h-a-m-o-n And so he gives uh, several different reasons, and it's not what a lot of people think. But one of the really important things is God wanted a family, and that's Mm -hmm. why when he created mankind, one of his first instructions was, you know, be fruitful, you know, and And multiply. multiply, you know, fill the earth. Which of course is just the opposite of what the devil's doing. He's trying yeah, to say de-populate. no. He, he's people trying people to... are
1: bad. Carbon footprint.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, like it
1: really is. It really is the complete and total inversion in mm-hmm. every way, shape, and form. And I, to me, that's kind of what's pulled me into believing that it's it's a spiritual war. It's not like one or two things where it's like, yeah, those are evil, but it's like in everything they do, it is a perfect mirrored inversion, like to a T. Yeah. And you're like, oh, exactly. Well, they're following a playbook.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you know, the devil works in patterns too. He's a counterfeiter. So, whenever you see something like evil or bad in the world, you should ask, "Well, what's the good counterpart to that?" Yeah. What's what the is, other side? What is this of the mirror that? of? Yeah. And because there is another side, you know, the devil can only counterfeit the good things, and so there must be or, you know, there must be the real thing.
1: Hmm.
0: And so, um, you know, so we, we've got that. But so that's why the devil's trying to create all the infertility and barrenness, all the miscarriages, the stillbirths, or there's also the prevention. You know, of of the babies coming forth in the first place, or even being conceived. Mm. Uh, you know, and the whole abortion agenda. Yeah, there's there's the whole thing about that. Um, and and again, because if the devil's successful in all those ways of preventing conception, uh, destroying the conception before it even gets out of the womb, you know, or or killing people, uh, then he thinks he's won. Uh, but, the good news is, of course, that God wins. He's already been won, but he's already the victory's been won, but we have to go through this period of time when you know we're going to have to deal with a lot of stuff yet, and you know things will get better, but I think they're going to get worse before they get better. Hmm. And so we really need you know this protection and this relationship with God. But when you think about this concept of family, uh, okay, now he, he had one begotten son, you know, Jesus. Okay, right, so the story of that, as most people know, is Jesus was born of a virgin. Well, who was the father? Holy Spirit it was God in three persons. It's just one one God, but three persons, just like, you know, we can be three persons. Somebody can be someone's son or daughter. They can also be a spouse. They can also be a parent. So there's different dynamics in, in all those different relationships, but it's just one person. And uh, so God wants a family. And that's why he says, you know, multiply. And he gave the ability of human beings, just created male and female, to be able to procreate and uh, create create that family that God wants. But when you're in a family, you know, there's communication. And uh, but when when only one side is communicating and the other side is not listening and they're they're not hearing and they're not even communicating with God, it's kind of like it, it, it saddens the father. It's this father issue, which is another huge issue in our society fatherlessness. I mean, and, and again, the globalist agenda policies uh, have been uh, directed to increasing the fatherlessness. You know, they, they did it through the welfare laws, where somehow you, know, you, the woman gets more money for not having the male in the house, you know, not having that husband in the house than if he were there. Uh, but it's bad for the kids, and it's it's bad for everybody. You know, you can't develop that relationship and enjoy the blessings of, of the love that, that God intends us, you know, to enjoy. Um, so so the fatherlessness is a big issue. But one of the—actually, it's the very last uh, statement in the Old Testament. It talks about the hearts of the—in in the end times, the hearts of the fathers being turned back to the children— and the hearts of the children being turned back to the fathers. So, uh, you know, I had a a very challenging relationship with my own father, which caused a lot of issues. I mean, hmm. he was a very good man in in so many ways. Uh, he's passed away now. But, you know, it, it affected me in a lot of different ways. And so uh, I'm very familiar with, with those issues. Uh, and... Uh, hmm. You know, because you have rejection and all kinds sure. of stuff that you, you deal with. Um, and uh, But God wants a family. And so part of this whole spiritual warfare is, and we'll wrap this up, is not only knowing what we're fighting against and how to fight against it, but what are we fighting for? You know, what are we fighting for? That's our big why. Because when you know what you're fighting for, and somebody has that, you know, close relationship with God, uh, I mean, it, it's very life-changing, and uh, and it also uh, helps us to come into what we, were, one of the purposes we were really created. And without that, we're missing something in life. And I, I hate to settle for less than God's best you know, myself. And I really hate to see other people settling for a lot less than is possible for them as well. So that's where I'll leave it for now. But, uh, thanks so much for of course. conversation.
1: Well, thank you for coming on. Um, no, I do like that of, uh, don't, don't settle for anything less. Like get all of it, get all of the fruits of God. Um, no, I like that. And, um, I was gonna say, yeah, that could, we, you know, we had several things in there that could maybe lead to the next episode. So I guess we will leave it with, with that teaser. And um, well, yeah, I guess with that teaser, we won't, we won't, we won't plug anything else. And I know you're working on, on, on your podcast, which I, I think will be, you'll be have, you'll be publishing soon. So maybe we can talk about that next time as well. I think people would would want to follow that. And um, yeah, thank you so much, Miss Sally Saxon.
0: Okay, thank you, Tommy.
1: Thank you for coming on. Guys, please go into the description. Please go check her out. Please go grab the book. Please go watch the other episodes. And uh, I think with the next episode, I'll be able to to link your podcast as she is starting her own. And uh, you guys should check that out as well. Miss Sally Saxon, thank you so much.
0: Thank you.
1: God bless everybody. Have a Recording good one. Recording stopped. Stay safe out there. Peace.